Well, risk sentiment is improving again today, but why? I mean, the war isn't won, Russia hasn't turned Nord Stream back on, inflation isn't going down, central banks haven't said, look, we're going to stop lifting rates for now. All of that is still going on, but shares in the US and Europe are going up. The US dollar is falling. European gas prices are down. Do investors think perhaps that they've overreacted to how bad things were and there's a bit of rebalancing going on now? Or are they wrong now? And yes, things really are that bad and all this risk sentiment is misplaced. That's the question. It's Tuesday, the 13th of September, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. stocks really are rallying again today. The Nasdaq closed up 1.3%. The S&P 500 firmly above 4,000 now with a 0.9% rise, 0.7% up for the Dow. Big moves in Europe too, as though there was nothing there to worry about at all. A 2.4% rise in the DAX, 1.7% for the FTSE 100, 1.9% for the CAC 40. And bond yields rising in the U.S., falling in Europe. So 10-year Treasury is up four basis points to 3.36%. No real moves on two years, though. German 10-year bond Bonds are down four basis points to 1.65%, just one point down for two years. Sharper moves in yields in Southern Europe, though. And Aussie 10-year yields, uh, well, they were seven basis points higher at 3.63% yesterday, down a couple of basis points since then, though. And the US dollar down again on the DXY. It's up 0.2% on the Japanese yen, but that's about it. It's behind everywhere else. For example, down three quarters of 1% on the Swiss franc. The euro, though, is up three quarters of 1%. The pound up 0.2%. 8%. The Aussie up half a percent, almost at 68.8 US cents, uh, but a falling US dollar, you know, I mean, it was at a 20-year high last week, so that couldn't go on forever, could it? Meanwhile, oil is up, WTI is up 1.2%, Brent up 1.3%, just over 94 a barrel now. Dutch gas futures moving down uh, 7 or 8% today. It's down around 191 euros now, which is obviously well off its peak, which was just short of 340 last month, but of course still hell expensive. So yesterday's rise in shares, we talked about it and we said some of it was recovering from short positions. But it's obviously more than that because they continue to go up. Nabs Tapper Strickland is with us this morning. So a much better risk sentiment. I mean, investors are happy about the future. Really, Tapas? Uh, good morning, Phil. Yes, you'd have to say there hasn't been too much new news over the past couple of days that would normally move markets. And you'd have to say markets are Almost treading water, but with a positive risk tone ahead of US CPI later tonight. And adding to some of the positive sentiment um, since Friday, at least, was those reports of Ukraine getting a little bit more success um, against against Russia. Um, and then the other one was um, some indicators of inflation suggesting US inflation may have peaked. And of course, that's quite important in terms of the trajectory for the Fed there. So um, ahead of the US CPI, I, I, I don't think many people are willing to put too much risk on there. But... What we are seeing is a few reports suggestive of uh, inflation peaking or having well, or, or expected to peak relatively there soon. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal, wasn't there? Inflation showed signs of easing in several industries was their head. I have a very uh, succinct headline in August. Um, but, you know, uh, but a lot of it, of course, is fuel prices coming down. And that's why we've also got inflation expectations down in the U.S., but, you know, as that article notes, uh, food prices uh, continue to soar. So, I mean, in those inflation numbers, it's going to be the core versus the headline, isn't it, really? Oh, definitely. It's not only going to be the core versus the headline, it's going to be alternative core measures versus the headline core measure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. in that Wall Street Journal piece, just worth noting, um, a, a few analysts noting um, sharp falls in airfares, sharp fall in hotel rates, and uh, some sharp falls in used car prices. So those things can whip around the 
core excluded energy measure, but will be trimmed out in the um, core trim mean measure that um, other places produce, such as the Cleveland Fed. Um, so I think it'll be quite important uh, later tonight to look at those alternative core measures and just see if that easing in prices pressure, if it does come about in tonight's numbers, is that broad-based or is it just uh, in a few selected categories? But it's worth um, noting that that fall in gas prices that we have seen in the US is leading to lower inflation expectations. The New York Fed Consumer Inflation Expectations Royal report, usually second tier, but in a night devoid of any data whatsoever, um, it did get a little bit of interest. So the one year ahead inflation expectation fell to 5.7 from 6.2. Mm. And just worth noting, it peaked at 6.8% in June 2022. And the more important median three year ahead inflation expectation fell to 2.8 from 3.2 and that peaked at 4.2 percent but how how reliable are these numbers i mean if you ask the consumer and they go oh yeah you know prices aren't going to rise as much because i've noticed it's not costing as much to fill up my tank now Uh, i mean that is like duh obvious but i mean how realistic when you start they start looking at saying how how's that going to be projected into the future they don't know surely oh they don't know nobody knows but the theory tells us is if a temporary higher inflation is bedded into higher inflation expectations, then there's a greater chance that will be perpetuated into the future. So uh, all the Fed aggressiveness um, that we have seen over the past uh, six months seems to be keeping a lid on inflation expectations. And the other thing that's keeping a lid on inflation expectations is how far the oil price has fallen. Um, now, Fed officials may not read as positive into this as, say, the market is reading into it, just given the oil market overall remains relatively tight, according to our commodity strategists. And just worth noting, the Fed's Mester in a Wall Street Journal interview uh, late last week noted that um, we shouldn't read too much into the oil price necessarily staying at the low level it is currently yeah. due to what's going on in Ukraine and uh, Europe. So um, tentative positive signs, um, but nothing um, com- convincing well, um, in the we- near term. But for markets who are trying to be as forward-looking as possible, um, any, any signs that inflation is peaking, any signs that that would take pressure off the Fed to lift and perhaps uh, make that pivot that they've been talking about for the last three months um that is positive for risk sentiment. yeah and yet you know the fed you know, well on the on, on the two counts of what you've talked about you sort of on on inflation the fed is basically you know we've heard from several people saying well even if you know it's it's a it's a low inflation read uh, we're not going to take the one reading so i mean there's sort of 75 basis points seems baked in and then on the whole ukraine thing I mean, okay, they're sort of forcing a Russian retreat in places, but, you know, Vladimir Putin isn't the sort of person to say, oh, well, you know, we gave it our best shot and to give in and uh, turn the gas taps back on. I mean, that's, you know, if if that is driving any of this sentiment, then that is surely false hope. But, I mean, similarly, you know, the Fed has got their path set out. I mean, it, you know, they, they're not going to budge in a hurry, are they? No, and it just goes around the uncertainty around inflation and just looking at what the Fed speaks have said over the past week, um, they, they look back at that late 2021 when they did see some easing in inflation pressures and they came roaring back uh, in the early part of 2022. So mm. what they want to see is mm. convincing signs that inflation is going well. So that means a number of realized prints and also wages starting to, to, to roll over and all the wage measures are still v- very, very strong, uh, both in the US and also in the UK as well. So no signs of rolling over, over there. Um, and the other one, just worth noting, just how important um, the um, oil price has been for inflation expectations. Um, within the New York Fed survey, uh, they asked people to what their expectations for various commodities are for the year ahead. And uh, for 
um, gas prices, basically zero growth in the year ahead. So um, where all the other commodities are still relatively elevated. So all that decline in US inflation expectations looks like it's mainly driven by the oil price. And the movement we've seen in bond yields up in the United States, down in Europe by and large, how much of that is to do with the the bond issuance that we've seen? I think a lot of it is to do with the bond issuance. After all, it's been a pretty risk positive night. Um, And when you look at how much was um, auctioned uh, I think there were 10, 10 issuers preparing new U.S. high-grade uh, bond sales. And then the Treasury itself, the U.S. Treasury auctioned uh, $73 billion in coupon debt, debt today. And so when you did see the 10-year uh, government bond auction, it was awarded at 3.33%. And it was trading um, prior to that auction at 3.3%. So that rise in yields is due to... Um, Mm. A, a less well-received government bond auction. Um, and just worth noting that government bond supply, um, if we're still running these relatively large deficits, then um, you're still going to have uh, yeah. relatively heavy government bond supply. And that's also quite important in terms of what's going on in the UK at the moment where they're trying to cap energy bills. And um, that, yeah. the costings around that is about $150 billion sterling. Going to be a lot of bond issuance in the UK, I think. Look, uh, the and on uh, capping energy prices. So we saw, well, I don't know if we've seen it, but we certainly reports of the draft plan on energy out of the EU uh, and uh, basically a windfall tax on fossil fuel companies. They're not calling a windfall tax. They're calling it a solidarity contribution. You've still got to pay. Uh, and also gas price caps, not on all gas. There was some talk about whether it would just be Russian gas, but in this draft, it's all of it. Uh, but, you know, there's not... Uh, wholesale support on this so Norway's Prime Minister says it's not going to fix the problem I think he's right it's not going to fix the problem that there just isn't enough gas to go around so maybe he's not going to sign up to it you you just wonder how long it's going to take for the EU to sort this out but obviously the weather's starting to get colder they need to do something quickly definitely and that uh, plan needs approval by all member states so um, mm. it, it may take some time um, and it may not actually be until October until they uh, come together with the more firmer plan. Um, also within that plan, it actually includes mandatory cuts to power uh, during select peak hours. Um, so that demand destruction due to high gas prices and just due to an absolute shortage of gas uh, looks like it's going to be more of a story. Um, Electrolux, which is a big Swedish manufacturer for consumer goods, uh, noted uh, for crimping sales and falling demand. So the energy crisis does seem to be impacting on activity levels and uh, consumer sentiment now. Um, and you've seen that in the PMIs and you're starting to hear that in anecdotes amongst firms as well. Yeah. Well, the IFO Institute's just revised its growth forecast for Germany, hasn't it? For next year in June, they were saying 3.5% for next year. Now they're saying minus 0.3%. And they've upped their inflation uh, forecast for this year from 6.8% in June to 8.1%. I mean, these are, <laughs> you know, given this is just from June, these are quite major revisions from the IFO. I definitely. And I think they're seeing a peak of 9.3% next year. Um, so yeah. very high inflation, mm-hmm. um, recessionary conditions and that's a classic case of uh stagflation if you ever seen one and i think it's just worth um i think there's not a lot of coverage at least in australia and probably from the u.s press in terms of what's going on in europe at at, at the moment and the situation is quite dire in terms of the energy situation so yeah um, and yeah it's just worth yeah i mean worth reminding ourselves of it the dax though the response in germany the dax is at 2.4 percent does this make any sense whatsoever um i guess i guess it just goes back to the um themes that we're talking about earlier um the ukraine's gain oh sorry uh, the ukrainian military's gains in russia um and some notion that uh uh, inflation may have peaked in, mm. in the US. Now, UK GDP, we've got the monthly read for July. That was down on expectations. 
but you know it's up on June when we saw a 0.6% fall so it came in at 0.2% up for the month in July that's 2.3% year on year uh, which makes the rolling three-month average zero so they're not you know in recession in the UK but they're not expanding either you could say that they are busy going nowhere at the moment uh, yes and I guess the base case still remains that the UK goes into a recession uh, in the second half of this year and for f- uh, I think the Bank of England has it for five consecutive quarters uh, just worth noting though the real income hit uh, to households is expected to be a lot less than say just a couple weeks ago due to the proposed government uh, price cap there so um, there was a lot of chatter about how <clears throat> headline inflation in the UK could peak at 22% um, now that expected peak is probably going to be around 10 to 11% uh, if that energy energy price cap comes through yeah. uh, so the gdp tracker from the national institute of economic and social research has got a 0.2 percent drop forecast for august but i don't know whether that, i mean that wouldn't include uh, that's before this cap comes in and before the uh, the, the the price cap was going to rise in october anyway so we'll see how it all heads out uh, it comes together uh, look uh, today well obviously cpi for the united states 8.5 percent last time 5.9 percent for the core read so with energy down a bit, I mean, you'd, so the, the headline is going to be down, but the core number, the expectation is that's going to be up, isn't it? Yeah, so the core number is expected to be uh, 0.3% month to month and 6.1% year on year. And um, that would continue that moderation we did see last month from that 06 to 0.7% monthly pace um, that we saw earlier on in the year. But as we're noting before, just given there's going to be some movements and some pretty um, – big categories probably worth looking at the cleveland fed's true mean measure um just to get a better estimate of what underlying inflation is going on there um in terms of what we'll be looking at we'll be looking at quite closely at the core services inflation just to see if that wages pressure is translating into higher services inflation there and as we we're noting before uh, not expected to have a big material impact in terms of the fed meeting on the 21st of september but just be watchful for any uh, fed whispers coming from the wall street journals tim ross or cnbc's leastman uh, just given um, they did like the 75 basis point hike when the fed pivoted to 75 basis points earlier on yeah. in the year and uh, we get the final read on the german inflation rate as well which was 7.9 uh, percent for uh, in earlier reads but you know we've been seeing quite a few revisions lately haven't we so maybe it's worth keeping an eye on that and UK employment numbers and here's the thing I mean for all the turmoil and uncertainty that the UK is facing the unemployment rate is still just 3.8% I mean the middle of last year what was it about uh, uh, 4.6 something like that and you know there's no immediate expectation of uh, of that unemployment rate uh, moving up any is there? Uh, no, not at this stage. And that comes back to the earlier discussion about the real income hit in terms of um, energy prices being less than feared if this price cap comes through. And uh, if that's the case, then maybe the hit on activity won't be as great, but you're still going to have relatively high inflation. So maybe the Bank of England needs to be more uh, aggressive, even though you've got a lower energy price cap. So um, if the labor market remains tight, if uh, wages growth still remains relatively heady and you've got a lower real I- income hit, then that probably argues the Bank of England needs to remain fairly aggressive. And uh, look, a lot coming on this week. We've got Aussie employment numbers still to come, US retail sales, UK inflation, so jobs and inflation, basically, the uh, the numbers that we need to know. But also today, the NAB Business Survey is out. Uh, I'm sure you've read it, Tapas. You can tell us what's in it. Go on, give us a head start. Go uh, on. Absolutely no hints here. But all, all, all <laughs> I can say is um, both the NAB Business Survey and the uh, Westpac Melbourne Institute Consumer Confidence Report are going to be watched closely for any impacts from recent tightening. And also on the inflationary impulse, just given the NAB Business Survey asks 
a number of questions to firms about wages, mm. uh, about purchase costs and about final prices. Right, a bit going on then, isn't that? Good to talk again, Tapas. We'll catch you again next time. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. And there we are. That's another one done. And we'll do another one again tomorrow morning, uh, same time. I'm Phil Dobby for now, but I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. 